This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, Get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And tonight's topic is going to be a little free agency forecasting. There is no man of the hour, there is no man with the power. We are recording this a little early because we're going to have another bonus show. On Friday, Jerry will be in the house for the bonus show on Friday. We're going to have Mark Schoenfeld in the house. Yes, I know we're supposed to be focusing on the free agents, but when you land a guest like Mark, who's as talented and knows this class as well as anybody, we would be foolish not to have him on talking about rookies. Want us to slide over and talk about the Patreon for just a second? Dude, Patreons continue to go hard I just recorded a bonus podcast for the Patreon as well. If you're interested in all that, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. What's going on in the group chat right now is we are berating some of our members for wanting to overdraft Zach Moss. Where do we see guys like Josh Kelly going? Uh, one guy's wanting to trade Christian McCaffrey. It's a lot going on. You may have hours with two messages. You may have hours with 102 messages. But if you're interested in what's that all about, head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Again, the shows, they've been in the 75-minute range. Could be 60, could be 90. Just enjoy the content. There's so much going on right now that we got to speak on it, man. Uh, Five-star reviews, well over 100. Had another one last week. Thank you very much for that. Make sure if you're on an Apple device or have a significant other, a friend, a coworker, you can steal their phone, slide over to the Dynasty War Zone on iTunes and leave us a five-star and a review. It's the fastest, most important way to help Jerry and I grow our independent podcast. Last thing before I bring on my guest, I'm going to call out some social media. At Dynasty War Zone on Instagram and at Dynasty War Zone on Twitter, Creeping up on 5,000 followers on Twitter, which is pretty awesome. It's a lot of trade stuff. Over at DFF Memphis, I still have a lot more of my personal content. It's just, I'm lazy. I don't always flip back and forth. But enough of all those shenanigans and tomfoolery. It's time to bring in my guest. Joining me tonight, this is a guy that I didn't want to talk to. It's a guy I needed to talk to because I hadn't talked to him in quite a while. One of my favorite people to talk fantasy football with. This gentleman is an is another writer for the DLF. Now, last week's bonus mock draft 
podcast had three DLFers. It's like uh, it's the collab of the Dynasty Warzone and the DLF. But he's also a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. He's a co-host on the Fantasy 40 podcast. And he talks a little hockey DFS. That's right. He talks a little puck over on uh, for the Bankster DFS. It's Mr. John Dabari at Dabari22 on Twitter. John, welcome back, buddy. I was a little sad you didn't just leave it at somebody you didn't want to talk to. Well, you know, I didn't want to, man. I needed to. I've been trying to get you. I've been trying to get you on some of these mock drafts with us, but I know you got a lot going on with the family. Obviously, you're writing and podcasting and things of your own. So, uh, what's going on with you? Nothing. Getting uh, just getting ready for uh, the NFL draft. Going to be here in Vegas. If regretfully, we'll be down there mingling with people. I have no desire to do so, but I will bite the bullet and go down there and fight the crowd and pay for parking and all the other nonsense. But yeah, that's it. Just waiting for the draft and get some landing spots for the uh, rookies. Well, we're going to talk a lot about free agents, but is there a rookie or two that you have your eye on? Uh, We had Angelo on last week and a question that we asked him was, is there a rookie that you will be leaving all of your drafts with? And is there a rookie that you probably will wind up with zero shares of? Uh, I mean, obviously draft landing spots going to make a big difference for a lot of these guys, but I really like Van Jefferson. I'm glad he got hurt. I hope that depresses his uh, draft stock. And Keyshawn Vaughn is my new man crush. So those are guys I'm hoping to get a little later in drafts. Obviously the guys at the top, a lot of people like all the same guys. As far as fading them, you can put me firmly in the not drafting rugs category. Really? No, no rugs is I'm starting to feel sorry for him. You know, I've, I've heard comps to Deshaun Jackson. He's the kind of guy that uh, I recently did an auction startup with a John Bosch and in that league, it's, it's a dynasty league, but it's a best ball format. That's the kind of format where I would love to have Henry oh, sure. rugs, but yeah, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get him cheap enough. I'm just going to be really fascinated I don't know that, that I can find this combination outside of Detroit in my head because I haven't thought it through, but I would love to see him wind up in a dome with a big-armed quarterback. Get that dude on a fast track with a, with a big-armed QB. That would, be, uh, that would be something else. But I think he's going to wind up out there in Philadelphia as a complimentary piece to what's going on in Philly. Yeah, I, I watched – not watched, just going through the Twitter, the Twitter sphere – and there's been quite the debate of the, you know, analytics guys versus the film guys on him. And, uh, you know, scrolling through all the time and reading all that stuff. I, I think I have officially been swayed by the analytics guys. I mean, uh, the film guys can kick rocks. I'm not buying. I, I'm just going to stay neutral and hope to scoop <laughs> hope to scoop up some, some late shares. But he's going to be going in that range where you mentioned Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, you are now uh, just another in a long list of people that we've had on. We have yet to have one person. And mind you, we've been very fortunate since the first of the year to have tons of Devi and draft analysts on. And I have yet to find one person who at least doesn't like Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, some people like you, myself, Nick Whalen, we love Keyshawn Vaughn. There are some that just like him, but everybody seems to you know, be somewhat enamored with him in, in some fashion. The problem with that is, is I think that's really going to elevate his draft stock come come May rookie drafts. Yeah, unless he lands in like Dallas or something. <laughs> Which would absolutely just break the hearts of millions 
and millions around the world. Now, I could have Dabari. You know, we could sit here and talk rookies all night, but we're going to zig a little bit because the rest of the world is zagging toward those rookies. I want to get ready for free agency. As we are recording this show, we're about one week out from the legal tampering period. And, John, can you remember a time in recent memory where so many big-name players were up, especially at the quarterback position? I mean, it's just – it's. I don't think it's that big name across the board. I think the quarterbacks are just really over-influencing everyone's opinion. You know, at the other positions, you got three, maybe four guys that are obviously a step above uh, the rest of the group. But, yeah, this many quarterbacks is pretty unheard of, probably ever. Yeah, it feels like so. I was listening to sports talk radio on my way home from work, and Dallas allegedly offered Dak in the neighborhood of a hundred million guaranteed. And I feel like Dallas is in a hurry and in a real position of need to get this deal locked up with Dak. Do you think Dak remains in Dallas? I, I think we'll talk about it later a little bit, but he's gonna if he doesn't agree, they're just gonna tag him. So he's not going anywhere for at least one year. Yeah, so so let's just jump into it. So in your opinion, what are what are some of the best landing spots for some of these free agents? You want to start with QBs and then we'll just kind of work our way down the position tree? Sure. QB's kind of weird and, and I probably talk about it more if we jump into quarterbacks, but I think Brady as much as people hate him, Brady seems to hold the key to this whole thing. Like I think everyone's waiting to see what New England and Brady decide to do and then all the pieces kind of fall in place. If Brady goes back to New England, I don't think we see as much movement as we think, but if Brady does go, you know, theoretically we'll just say Indianapolis. If Brady goes to the Colts, New England needs a quarterback and someone's going to go there and that's going to create a void somewhere else and everyone's going to move around. I I so he's going to probably be the first one. I can't imagine anybody else getting done before him because I think everyone's waiting to see where he goes in New England because people are obviously going to want to get into that New England job. If you're a quarterback on the market, you're in no rush to sign with, you know, whatever, say Cincinnati and be the the trainer for Burrow for a season, half a year, and then be out of a job where you could go to New England and get in the playoffs for sure and get yourself a shot at a title so a lot of it I think hinges all on Brady he's holding all the cards in my opinion right now I agree and I think that some of the better QB landing spots for me anyway is the LA Chargers they just traded for a Pro Bowl guard they've got they've got great skill possession weapons and I'm really excited to see what they do with that one. Uh, Indy, they've got the offensive line. The, they've got some decent weapons. We need Paris Campbell to take a step forward, and they've got a lot of draft capital. I think if the Colts don't do something in free agency, again, we're going to talk about that here in a few, they'll definitely address it in the draft. And then the running back position, the, the ones that, that I have as like key positions, there's some big ones like Kansas City, like Atlanta, like Houston. But one of the positions that I really love – for either a rookie or a free agent to land in Miami. There's no bell cow back. I think there's Patrick Laird there. There's Kalen Balaj, who is terrible. I mean, he's beyond terrible. So if Miami invests either major free agent dollars or draft capital in that backfield, that's a bell cow job waiting to happen. What do you think about that Miami backfield? Do you think that's a good spot for someone? We talked about this on my podcast recently, and my theoretical we were talking about aj Dillon, and um not to drag rookies back into this i i, I think with miami though like I, I was 
saying A.J. Dillon comes in as a rookie that they could get later in the draft and be their first two down kind of, you know, pounder between the tackles guy. And they could bring in a receiving guy either through free agency or through the draft and have two rookies with two defined roles and have a, a full-blown running back by committee right out of the gate. So I don't necessarily like the landing spot. I mean, the top guys as far as free agents are Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon, who I hate, and Derrick Henry. And I don't – obviously, Drake's not returning to Miami, so that leaves Gordon and Henry. And I don't see either one of them landing there either. I don't see I don't see Henry going anywhere. I We'll, we'll get more to some of the running backs here in a position – uh, positions that I have for a wide receiver, Oakland needs a wide receiver one, New England, the Jets, uh, Buffalo. A lot of these teams have like wide receiver two, three types, but I don't see like Indy. Indy could use a, a, a true one. T.Y. Hilton's past his days of being a wide receiver one. And I feel the same way about Cincinnati. Uh, A.J. Green looks like he'll get franchised and brought back. They've got Tyler Boyd there. But these are teams that need that alpha number one. The problem is, is I don't see a ton of uh, wide receivers on the market, especially if Amari Cooper and A.J. Green get the old franchise tag. Do you see any other landing spots for wide receivers beyond the ones that I mentioned that would be exciting? No, you kind of covered exactly what I had. I mean, obviously it changes if somebody leaves. If Cooper ends up going somewhere else, the Cowboys have a, an opening there, and I think Gallup, oh, fingers crossed, can slide into that one role there, and they could bring in a guy who's going to be their secondary guy, but they would open up a spot for for someone to come in and be their, you know, quote-unquote number one. I'm with you. I'm hoping that Gallup gets the shot. I, I love what I <sighs> saw down the stretch of him going into year three. It would just be a monster play. Uh, and then the tight end position, some of the best landing spots. Uh, I have Arizona, although I don't know how much tight end they're going to use in those four wide receiver sets. New England yeah. obviously needs a tight end. Buffalo, I have like some teams I have with asterisks next to them because like they have a guy, but I'm not sure they're the guy or they could use a guy. And that's Buffalo, Dallas, Indy, Houston, and Carolina. I think we all like the Blake Jarwins, Cahill Warrings, and Ian Thomases to take a step in their young careers, but these are teams that could easily do something in the free agent pool. Uh, I think New England's the spot for a tight end. Was there anywhere else that, that you thought maybe a tight end would be a hit? No, those are the, the main ones. But the other thing, too, is it's not a super stacked. It's very top-heavy, but after that, there's not too many guys to garner much attention. I believe uh, the Chargers are going to franchise tag Hunter Henry, so he's – going to be stuck with the Chargers, and it looks like Atlanta is not going to be able to re-sign Hooper. So Hooper is going to be the crown jewel of this group. So if he ended up in, like, New England, assuming Brady comes back, of course, that would be a huge bump to him. And then the other guy is Ebron, who for some reason the Colts have no interest in bringing him back, and he's had, you know, pretty mixed career so far. So he's going to be the consolation prize for whoever gets in the bidding war for Hooper. They don't have the money, and this is not really a James Conner conversation, but Pittsburgh's got five total draft picks currently. They they could pick up some compensatory ones as we get closer to the draft, and they've got about $5 million bucks in cap space, and they have to sign Bud Dupree, who it looks like they're uh, – They'll wind tagging. up franchi franchise tagging on the on the defensive line as a rusher. But could you imagine like a, a Hooper or even an Ebron in this offense? Could they unlock the, the, the key to 
tight end success that we were hoping Vance McDonald was going to? I'm not as sold on that. I'm not as sold on that offense as I've been in the past. When, when Antonio Brown went bananas and moved on Juju, you know, he was a little banged up obviously, but he didn't take that big step like everyone was hoping to see. And that was a concern going into this year was okay. Now without Antonio Brown dictating the coverage, how's Juju going to do when he's, you know, the main guy in the receiving game. So I was not all that impressed last year. Obviously his quarterback play was uh, with Roethlisberger out. He had a uh, bunch of what ifs uh, thrown him the ball. So I, I don't know. I don't know what that offense is going to look like with Ben, with Juju, his second year as the number one. I mean, they bringing in someone like Hooper would obviously take some of the pressure off Juju, but I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a James Conner guy, so I'm not really sold on that Pittsburgh offense that we're used to seeing two, three, four years ago. I think I, I like what you say, and – I'm not sure who the man's going to be. I've heard some dynasty analyst out there predicting that Deontay Johnson could be end up being yeah. the, the top targeted wide receiver. Uh, there's still a, a small group of people that like James Washington. Obviously, I think Juju's the the best receiver, but I really see this offense to your point, and this is why I love talking to guys like you that are super smart because it inspires thought on my end. I think with Big Ben coming back from this elbow injury, could could you see a scenario where early in the season they're working him back in slow and they're really pounding these running backs, whether it be, you know, Connor or Samuel or even Benny Snell? I think this is going to be the opportunity for Connor owners to get out at their best price. I think Connor's going to come out like gangbusters, give you five, six really good games, and that'll give you a sell window if you're looking to get rid of some James Connor. Does that does that sound feasible? I am uh, firmly entrenched in the anti-James Conner camp. So if you, if if I can get out of them, I mean, I have zero shares. I never have. Um, if I can get out of the James Conner business, I certainly will. Following a couple of good games. Yeah, th- that just uh, I, I have one share, and that's my uh, that's my new my new go-to plan. So all right, so there's some landing <laughs> spots that that we like. We talked a little bit about franchise tags. I think Dak for sure is going to get it. The one that I find fascinating is that Jameis Winston is going to hit the open market. Turnover machine himself, but I think Dak's the only quarterback that uh, I, I see getting the tag. What about the running backs? Do you do you see any of these running backs getting the, the franchise tag? Well, Gordon obviously isn't, and I can't see the Cardinals committing that much money to Drake because they already have a ton of money in David Johnson, and Chase Edmonds isn't cheap. So they, they committing that much money to three running backs on a team, as you mentioned earlier, is running four wide majority of the time doesn't seem smart. So that only leaves Derrick Henry. But the interesting with, with Henry, similar to Dak with Cooper, Tennessee has Henry and Tannehill. They can only tag one of them. And, and you know, uh, Dallas has Dak and Amari Cooper. So as they try to work on signing Dak, you know, Cooper's – if they can't sign Dak and get him tagged – or get him tagged, Cooper, you know, is going to have a chance to talk to other teams. And I don't, but other people still love the guy and his talent. So if they if they don't play it smart, one of them could end up getting scooped up by somebody else. So I, I my guess is Henry gets tagged and Tennessee plays chicken at quarterback and hopefully either gets Tannehill on a, you know, two-year deal or something, or if Tannehill goes somewhere else, 
they make a move for one of these other guys. I know Brady's been linked there because him and Brabel are buddies, but I think Henry gets the tag. I think Dak gets the tag, and that leaves uh, Cooper and Tannehill out there floating in the breeze. No, I, I can see that. You already mentioned Hunter Henry getting the, the franchise tag. A.J. Green is all but tagged at this point. I was joking with, with a friend of mine in another in the league that I'm in, but at this point it's, it's half-assed serious that if A.J. Green and Amari wind up getting tagged, that makes Robbie Anderson the bell of the wide receiver ball as crazy as that sounds. It sounds like that he could command $14, 15000000 million a year. Where do you... Where do you think that, that that he could land? I know we're going to get into some more predictions here in a minute, but Robbie Anderson, are you a Robbie Anderson guy? Uh, I think Robbie's okay. Uh, but he could, you know, if on the right team, he, he's flashed when he's been given some opportunities, but that, you know, Jets team has been a disaster the majority of the time he's been there. So it'd be interesting to see what he could do on you know, imagine Robbie Anderson with the Chiefs if the Chiefs also didn't have all the other weapons. You know what I mean? He He's going to be really landing spot dependent. He's actually somebody I had circled on my little prep sheet here is, is being really interested to see where he lands. But, yeah, I think it is going to end up being the Robbie Anderson show when all is said and done. He's going to be the guy that most teams – he's the best wide receiver that teams will actually have an opportunity to play with. And anybody getting out of Adam Gase's system is – obviously going to do better because he's trash i've heard a lot of people predicting robbie anderson to philadelphia now he's from that area he went to temple university and that is certainly something that philadelphia could use more of and that's wide receivers uh, the guys they had last year i mean i think those guys were working by the hour i think they just punched in in the basement there in lincoln financial and then you know clocked out greg ward and and then the, the guys they do have, they're I mean, they're tall, which Robbie's a fairly tall guy, but you got JJ Ortega Whiteside and Alshon Jeffrey. Hey man, you gotta pronounce it correctly. We're professionals. I know. It's it's Amazing. weird. It's like Mike Tyson's pronouncing it. <laughs> yes. But, but him too, like don't you think this is a pretty deep wide receiver class of rookies? If you're a team that I mean, if you've got unlimited cap space, it doesn't matter. But if you are looking at other contracts down the line, if, you, if you're a team that is a young quarterback and a running back you like and whatever, some guys on offensive line, defensive line, you're looking to, to lock up in the short term, you don't want to commit all that money to Robbie Anderson when you can bring in two or three rookies in this draft if you really want to commit to it and have them on rookie deals paying them nothing for four years. So I think that might hurt all of these guys. Well, the the one, so again, this, you reminded me of something that I, I thought of the other day. I think it just comes down to the team. Now, I think a Philadelphia or a Houston, based on the fact that they both see themselves as contenders, I think they both feel like they're a play away. Those are teams that I could see Houston's got top 10 cap money and the Eagles are 18th. They have about 46 million. Houston has about 63 million in cap. Those are the kind of teams that, you know, both made the playoffs last year. Houston won a playoff game, and they may not be wanting to put as much of their offense in a rookie's hands, a little bit more of the unknown. They've seen Robbie Anderson for several years. They, it's kind of a known commodity. It's kind of one of those spots where, you know, Houston may, you know, be chasing veterans because they know they have to keep up with Houston. And since they've traded all their big future draft capital away in the – two firsts and a second they gave up to get Laramie Tunsil. 
they have to, and they gave up a third, I believe, or a fourth to get Duke Johnson. So this is a mm-hmm. very draft capital deprived team. So those are the kind of teams. Yes, if if you're a contender or a contender ish team, I could see a team like that splashing around with Robbie Anderson or a Melvin Gordon. But no, you're right. A team like my Colts, like I'm a big Colts fan, they've got ninety million dollars in, in cap space. I could see them not wanting to blow a bunch of crazy money on free agents because they've got extra draft capital from trades they made in previous drafts. And, you know, they'll be bringing in more of those rookies. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, let's jump into the QBs. You nailed it. And and I was talking with Dan Williamson of the goat podcast. Dan's a great guy at overhyped sleeper on Twitter. And, you know, the goat league was one of the ones that we had a ton of trading. I mean, Literally, in the course of a year, we could have a couple of hundred trades. And like the action right now, it's like tumbleweeds just rolling down the street and nothing. And Dan, much like you mentioned earlier about the QB position, is that I think everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen with the QB position. Uh, so, so what are your predictions around this? Where, where do you think some of these guys are going to land? Who's going to be the odd man out of a job? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it all hinges around Brady. So... If Brady goes to New England, I think Rivers goes to the Colts. I think Tannehill stays in Tennessee. I think uh, Miami ends up with Tua, Burroughs in Cincinnati. I think – I was going to call him the Clippers. Jesus. I think the Chargers take uh, Herbert. Obviously, Breeze goes back to New Orleans. Dak is franchised. And that leaves uh, Mariota and Winston without a job. And I think – because I think the Patriots make a trade and bring in Dalton. So I think Winston and Mariota, which is just funny because they went one-two in that draft together, I think they're both going to be looking for a backup job. You know, if you were a team in the Phillip Rivers market for a quarterback, do you have to sign him initially? Because, you know, a lot of people do have him projected to the Colts, but I've also seen the Colts taking, in the most recent Todd McShay mock, he had the Colts taking Herbert at 13, and they had uh, another mock draft had the Colts taking Love. At 13. So if you're the Colts, do you wait until the draft and see if you can get a young quarterback and maybe have them do the the year of mentorship behind Jacoby Brissett, who I think people forget from a dynasty standpoint and a fantasy standpoint, he was the QB 11 through eight games last year, if you go by points per game. Yeah. And then he got hurt in the game against the Steelers, and then he was not as good because he sprained an MCL. I think he came back a little soon because the Colts at that time were still fighting for a playoff spot. And I don't think Jacoby's a bad quarterback, but if you're the Colts, I mean, do you feel like you have to rush and sign Phillip Rivers? Do you feel like there's a huge market for Phil? I don't, uh, yeah, they're not in a rush because they signed Brissett to an extension last year. So they obviously feel comfortable enough with him. If they need to use him, they can. The The other thing that's weird about Rivers, you know, Rivers didn't want to leave San Diego. His family's in San Diego. He lived there and drove back and forth from San Diego to LA which is a nightmare. So only a sick human being would do that. So then I would he move his family to Florida in this off season, if I'm not mistaken. So that's been linking him with Tampa Bay, but I know, you know, they've, they've mentioned him to uh, Tennessee, possibly the cult seems to be the more popular one. And, and, you know, people based strictly on geography have had him linked to Tampa. So, and, and there's also a chance Rivers just says, eh, I'm going to hang it up. I don't think he's come out officially and is like, I am 100% coming back. So Rivers is another wild one. Rivers and Brady, uh, are, I think, are going to be the two that dictate how everyone else 
finishes out the the next you know four years. Now you mentioned something about rivers that I, I agree with. Now a man that would drive from San Diego to LA every day. You know, that's a guy who's very, you know, passionate about being around his 19 kids and his wife. And so I know he moved to Florida. I could not confirm which part, but I did some research and he's from South Alabama, as is his wife. And I've been to that. They call it Florabama, that Florida panhandle, Alabama area there. And I think that might have been the area in which they moved. And I just think Tampa Bay is the spot. I, I I really do. Because if if you're willing to drive every day in that traffic from L.A. to San Diego, that means you want to see your kids and you don't want to go weeks on end without seeing them. So I could really see him signing in Tampa Bay. There's also talk that he could land the Monday night football gig alongside like an Al Michaels. Yeah, ESPN's trying to trade for Al Michaels, as crazy as that is to say. Their dream booth, if you will, is to uh, pair Al Michaels and Peyton Manning. But if they can't land Peyton... You know, Philip Rivers has got a pretty good personality, so you're right. He may not be in a huge position to sign. I have, as crazy as this sounds, I could see Jameis Winston winding up in L.A. But I do. It's, it's an option for sure. And I also see L.A. as a spot for Tom Brady. Now, now follow me on this. I heard this on Fox Sports, and I've added some of my own, you know, takes to this. But the biggest issue for L.A. the Chargers last year was the offensive line. Actually, both L.A. teams. Yeah. But but you trade for uh, an all-pro, you know, not an all-pro, but like a Pro Bowl guard and Trey Turner. You use that sixth overall pick to take one of these big linemen. This is a great offensive tackle class. Amazing. Those top four guys are in crazy to watch. So, so you, you know, you could easily get one of those at six, right? You get sure. Turner, you add that, you just re-signed Eckler, you're franchising Hunter Henry, you're bringing back Keenan Allen, you're bringing back Mike Williams. It's L.A., it's a major city where if – if a certain quarterback had a uh, supermodel wife, you know, L.A. Chargers with a with a good set of weapons and an improved offensive line that just as recently as 2018 finished 12-4 and four and has yeah. been used to having a statue at the quarterback back there. Tom Brady in L.A. makes a lot of sense because they've got the cap space now that they've got like over $45 million. I would absolutely love that. You know, Keenan Allen playing that Julian Edelman role, Austin Eckler playing that James White role. Uh, that yeah. could that could be magic. So you're absolutely right. The Brady thing is going to be key. Let me ask you this in a, in a super flex league. You know I'm a big fan of super flex. What what would you give for Brady if you were like a, a borderline contender? Maybe you needed a, a second or third quarterback. Today, right now, with not with all the mystery. Sure, you're a gambling man. You live in Vegas. Third, and no one's no one's doing it. That's that's what I would give, and as a Brady owner in some super flex leagues, uh, I wouldn't give him up for a third either. So if you're the Brady owner, you want more than a third. If you're looking to acquire him, you're not paying more than a third. So so would you take a second for Brady? A late second, like the 210, first thing came to mind. Boy, I don't, I don't think so. If you have him, I, I think that you're stuck. You're just riding – Take going down with the ship. You have him till he retires. If you're looking to get him, uh, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't do it today. Obviously, I want to see how my draft would shake out in in the draft. If if I'm up and I'm two ten and I'm not in love with anybody on the board and I need quarterback help, I don't, I wouldn't mind giving up that two ten for him. My move as a current Tom Brady owner in one super flex league. I happen to be very deep at quarterback in this league, but I'm not doing anything. I'm going to let the free agent news 
bake and settle down. And I'm going to look to move him somewhere around the first three or four weeks of the year. Maybe maybe like a, a, a mobile quarterback, like, you know, Wentz is pretty mobile. Josh Allen, Lamar, obviously. If one of these guys were to get injured uh, and a contending team needed a quarterback, I think that's the time that would be your best opportunity to cash out on a Brady or even a Breeze. Does, does, yeah. does that work for you? Yes, absolutely. All right, All right man. And, and I'm going to stick with the, the Colts are either going to have a rookie or a Brissette under center. And, and I base that just off of the local media. Chris Ballard has said many times he's not moving off Jacoby Brissett unless there's a clear improvement. Now, Phil Rivers, three or four or five years ago, 100% clear improvement. I don't think the Phil Rivers that you get today is better than a healthy Jacoby Brissett. So I, I think he stays. The, the, the wild card in all this for me is Cam Newton. The, since the, the, excuse me, the Carolina Panthers have made it abundantly clear that everybody and they do mean everybody, including Christian McCaffrey, could be available in trade. So I think I think Cam is the wild card that's not a free agent, as is Andy Dalton. Uh, I'll get to Andy Dalton in a second, but do you see Cam moving? No, I thought I read something that they had said that, I mean, they can't cut him. I don't remember what the, the cap hit is and all that. So could they trade him? I mean, sure, new coach, new staff, all that stuff is in place there. So could they have... You know, they're not married to him. So it wouldn't, if someone offered them something decent, I'm sure they're, they'd be listening. But like you said, too, a lot of this, so much changes, too, when someone blows their ACL out the first week of camp. You know what I mean? So if, if the Bears have Trubisky there and don't do much to shore up behind him and week one of practice, Trubisky tears his Achilles. I mean, why not call the Panthers and see what they'll take for, for Cam? But I, I, I don't think, Barring any of those situations, I don't think they're going to go into the season planning to not have him. The, the reason why I think that they will still move him, I think it might be like a draft day trade, is two reasons. One is he's got one year left, and the head coach didn't say that he's looking forward to Cam being his starter. He said he's looking forward to working with Cam. He may work with him for a day. He may work with him for a season, but the biggest obstacle to having Cam as your starting quarterback is that a healthy Cam Newton with that current roster as it's constructed is just good enough to keep you in the middle. And if you're in the middle going into 2021's draft class, you're not going to have a real shot at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So why yeah. not why not just, you know, trade Cam away, get whatever you can and, you know, ride through 2020 with Kyle Allen or Will Greer and you know basically tank for for trevor or uh suck for for fields and you know get your man going into 2020 so cam and then one dynasty players hate andy dalton and i i get it he's got red hair um whatever but but there, there's a i like him I, I love him one of the handful of articles i wrote when i was still with the dynasty football factory was about andy dalton being an underrated Quarterback, and if Andy Ray, if Andy Dalton's not good, then why have we already heard links to Andy Dalton to the Buccaneers, Andy Dalton to the Patriots, Andy Dalton to the Raiders, and Andy Dalton to the the Chicago Bears? If he's not highly thought of, just because a lot of dynasty players don't like him doesn't mean that he doesn't have value. And he's a guy that I think that you could buy today in the first of March before free agency that you will be able to flip later in the season for a significant profit. And if you can't flip him, you can use him. I, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm a, I, I've am always been a late-round QB guy, and especially in 
one QB leagues. You're gonna give me Andy Dalton in like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, fourteenth round every every year. I've had tons of Dalton just because his price is always depressed. So I don't disagree with any of the uh, Dalton positivity you're spinning. Do love me some uh, some Red Rocket. All right, let's move over to the right. running backs now. I have Arizona as a prime running back landing position. I still think they resign Christian. I mean, excuse me, Kenyon Drake. Why do you? Why as a losing team do you trade for a guy midseason? And I didn't. I I feel like the head coach Kingsbury. I think he specifically sought out Kenyon Drake. He was like that guy. You see that guy right there? He fits what we do. And then you bring him in. Your theory works out. He fits what you do. I don't think you let that guy walk away. I think you do everything in your power to get him back under contract. But I know he wants to uh, secure the bag. My my Arizona theory is that they're going to pull one of those bad NBA trades. You know, an NBA trade where like they basically just trade a salary dump? Yeah. I, I see Arizona sending David Johnson and a third to Tampa Bay, who's got like top 10 cap money. They send David Johnson and a third to Tampa Bay for a fourth. So they give up the better pick and the player just to get Tampa Bay to take on that monster contract that then reunites Arians with David Johnson. Who says no, Dabari? I don't think they're going to give up the player and the better pick, but uh, no, I, I, I could see it. I mean, Arians, even though he's the most overrated coach in the NFL, but that is not the time for this here. Yeah, I mean, I could see both of them wanting to play with each other again. So, and they have a need. They have a wasteland at running back in Tampa. So, it would make sense. Very hurtful to the Ronald Jones owners out there. I want to hit before we move into wide receiver. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Not good, Bob. Not good. Uh, I, I want to hit you with, with, with Kansas City. Now, a lot of people. I don't know. It's like the dynasty wet dream. They have to put a rookie running back on the Kansas City Chiefs. Technically, Damian Williams is a free agent, although the Chiefs have a quote-unquote club option on him. What do you see the Chiefs doing at running back? Again, selfishly, uh, handing the reins to Darwin Thompson. Um, however, if that is not in their plans, which please, please cross my fingers, make it be, I, I could see them addressing it in the draft. I mean they were able to do so much with both of the Williamses and, and uh, who did they bring in the old guy? Oh, LaShawn McCoy, who, who didn't do much, but th it's a, it's a plug and play system. I mean, whatever they decide to do, it'll work out for him. I, I, I will trust Andy Reed here. So do I think they're going to address it in the draft? They may throw a late pick on them. Um, depending on how the, the draft shakes out. If somebody's there with a good value, I know, earlier picks like a second i've seen uh swift mock there and obviously depending where jonathan uh wisconsin who's taylor escaping me taylor depending where he goes if swift goes to the chiefs he's gonna jump him and be the 101 so they could they could target it or they target it late i mean they brought in thompson last year late in the draft uh, you know, we'd mentioned Keyshawn Vaughn, not that he necessarily fits what they do there at running back, but there's there's a lot of guys that'll be on the board in the later rounds. They may throw a dart at one of them. Yeah, they've got five draft picks in this upcoming draft, and they are, yeah, they've got 20 million bucks in cap space. So I'm with you, they, they could go super cheap running back. What if Devonta Freeman gets cut in Atlanta, which I all all indications is that he will. 
what if they were to try to re-sign him? Uh, that's a guy that I could see potentially landing there. And then, uh, but I'm with you. I, I see them using that 96th overall pick on a running back. I've seen Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and his 55 mm-hmm. receptions last year winding up in Kansas City. He's got some Brian Westbrook comps. All right, I'm going to hit you with a, with a hypothetical you know, question. I don't normally do a lot of these, but uh, Edwards-Hilaire goes to Kansas City. Where does he shoot up to in rookie drafts? Because currently I have him about the 109, 110 in a super flex. I mean, obviously, you want to know everyone else's landing spots too, but I have no problem taking him ahead of the wide receivers. I'd put him ahead of uh, maybe just behind CeeDee Lamb. So I would... I like Taylor more. I like Swift more now. So he'd be my, probably my RB three, obviously in a vacuum, not knowing the other landing spots, then uh, CD lamb than him Four, one Oh four. In a one QB, a hundred percent and a super flex. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking around one Oh six, one Oh seven. Yeah. I, I, I think that Kansas city landing spot in that offense with Andrew, Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes is so sought after that anyone who lands in that spot, and I hope for your sake and your Darwin Thompson shares, they do not. <laughs> but 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 if they do, man, look out because that. I mean, we we saw this last year with Damian Williams. People want they don't care who it is. You could put the Easter Bunny back there, and yeah. people would draft him and a high first round pick because of the the offense that he's in. We move the wide receivers. I I do have a lot of teams needing wide receiver help. And I think you're right earlier. You mentioned that a lot of rookies will fill these jobs, but the teams that I think need a wide receiver one, like that true alpha Oakland, New England, the jets, Buffalo, Dallas, if Amari leaves, although I think we both agree that Gallup could be that guy. Philadelphia needs a true one as do the giants, as do the Colts. I think Cincinnati does. And I think Baltimore does. I think a lot of those teams have nice high end wide receiver two types but they don't have that uh, that true alpha. So which one of those landing spots? Now, I said Philadelphia for Robbie. Do you see Robbie uh, going anywhere else? I mean, Philly's the one that makes the most sense. Uh, obviously, we, we see this every year. It doesn't mean it's going to happen that way, but Robbie could be in play for Oakland too. I don't know, you know, Gruden between being a Monday Night Football and being a media personality too. Usually there's a lot of things where you can read between the lines and know who he likes and doesn't like. I don't know where he is on Anderson, but that would be, those would be my two. And then obviously if Cooper moves on, Dallas opens up and, and Jerry's Jera Jera's not afraid to spend a little money if need be. So those would be my three. If Cooper leaves and I, I just, I think the market's going to be depressed with all the rookies. The the one team that I could see. So let's say the theory of Philip Rivers going to Indianapolis hits and Indy's got like $90 million in cap space. I could see the Colts, you know, allowing T Y to stop being that field stretcher. I know they want to use Paris Campbell in that spot, but I could see them signing a Robbie Anderson as well. If they, that's a team that decides that, Hey, we're going veteran QB. We've got the offensive line. We like our three running backs. Uh, we just need the quarterback. Let's give him another, another weapon. Not impossible. San Francisco was on my list of uh, potentials there, uh, needing some more wide receiver help, although I think a lot of people think Jalen Hurd will ascend. Yeah, I mean, they seem to have a lot of – nobody's, you know, ascended into that true wide receiver one role, but they have a ton of guys 
you know, that according to the team they like, just off the top of my head, Debo Heard, assuming Manny Sanders gets re-signed, which I saw something today that now it doesn't look likely. Pettis, who I'm not a fan of, but, you know, hot and cold relationship there. So they have, you know, I love Kendrick Bourne. Uh, the, the Taylor kid that was in the slot and got hurt and didn't play much. They have depth at the position. And I think with Shanahan's system, they don't necessarily need a legit alpha one because they spread it around. And there's also the uh, the guy named George Kittle. He's pretty good at catching the football as well yes. there for, for Mr. Shanahan. And speaking of tight ends, but before I do, I do want to admit we have not brought up Green Bay as a potential destination for Robbie Anderson. If there's someone that could do a little bit of the opposite of what Devontae Adams does, he he wouldn't be bad. I've all, all already heard Austin Hooper as someone they would be interested in. But, you know, Green Bay has got to bring in someone to help out that offense. The problem is they've only got $18 million in cap space. And if Robbie wants 14 to 15 of it, it makes it real hard to do a whole lot else. Yeah, tight end's a death sentence there. So I hope Hooper does not go there. As far as Robbie, that, that'd be good. But kind of the same thing with limited cap space. Why why give the money to Robbie when you can bring in a, a rookie or two in the draft and hopefully fill the void that they were hoping from Valdez Scantling and Jamon Moore and Geronimo Allison? And uh, that's a, a place where I've seen I've seen Jalen Rager mock to Green Bay. I've seen Justin Jefferson mock to Green Bay at the back end of the first round. So I like that. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think that I, – I think that Green Bay will be looking at their rookie class, someone that can both help in the short term and someone they can groom to be the long-term replacement in about two to three years to replace Devontae Adams. He's 27. You know, three years from now, we'll all be pushing him off the age cliff and saying, get out of here, old timer. We're ready for the new the new hotness. Let's jump over to tight ends. There's not really a lot. Like you said, man, there's Hooper and there is Eric Ebron. I also put Jordan Reed down, but I hope for his sake he does not return to football. And then yes, even, even though he's 29 years old, uh, he did manage to make it through the entire season last year. Tyler Eifert, Greg Olson already signed in. Uh, Seattle with the, the the Seahawks. So so, what do you think about those guys? Where do you can where could you see like a guy like Ebron, a guy like Hooper, uh, and a guy even like Eifert? Like Eifert feels like a Patriot to me. It just feels like Tom I, Brady comes back and they bring Eifert in there, and Eifert catches another thirteen touchdowns. Yeah, I I love Eifert, and I don't think anyone's ever disputed his talent. He has just made of glass i mean that guy cannot stay on the field so and and cincinnati did a good job last year managing his touches and he was he was productive on a on touch per touch kind of basis but same thing i don't think he's gonna go anywhere and be super fantasy relevant if you're in a two tight end league or tight end premium obviously you could throw a dart on him but there's enough you can stream at the position and not waste any draft capital or trade for him and, and probably get equal or better production over the year than what you're going to get from him on a season-long basis. All right, time for me to throw you onto the uh, the hot seat. Which one of these free agent guys are, is going to sign? I don't care wh- where you think they're going to sign. I just know, want to know which free agent is going to have uh, the most dynasty value to gain once he signs a new contract. We've talked about him quite a bit. I think it's Robbie Anderson. I think getting away from Gase and the Jets is good for everybody. And assuming he's coming in to be a team's, you know, number one or one B, I think it's him. I think the 
in a good landing spot, the sky's the the limit for him. He could be looking at a you know top twelve finish at the position for sure. All right. Well, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm going to stick. With, I, I wanted to go Robbie A as well, but we can only have so much Robbie A love. A, a guy that I really liked coming into the running back position last year, uh, that I think is going to get the opportunity to see what other cl- uh, other clubs think, and that's Matt Breda. Uh, a guy who had a great yards per carry. Again, another guy kind of made out of glass. He just seems like, oh, he's down. Oh, he's hurt. But then he plays through it. But then he plays yeah. through it. And, and then it really impacts his production because he's a tough guy. But I, I could really see him, and I would not be surprised if he were to have like an, an Austin Eckler type season because I think he's a super talented dude. Uh, preaching to the choir. I was uh, back in the... DFF days, I yeah, I wrote something about the undrafted running backs, and I wrote with that 2017 class. I wrote all about Eckler and all about Matt Breda. They came out together. I was shocked. Neither one of them were drafted, but that class was stacked at running back, so it wasn't crazy. But I, I, I've been a fan since he came out of school, and I I, I don't disagree at all. In the, in the right system, using him properly and not really giving him bell cow work, but using him you know, the way the Chargers have used Eckler in the past with Melvin Gordon, he can still be, you know, uh, an RB2 top 24 running back sharing work. You know, I, I could see him going up the, the coast there to Seattle. Rashad Penny had a late season ACL. Chris Carson had the hip injury. The, uh, the legend that is CJ Procise is hurt. I'm sorry, not hurt. I'm sorry. He, he's a free agent. I'm sorry. He's not hurt. He's a free agent. The other two are hurt. But, man, he could slide right up the coast there. And, and, you know, if Chris Carson's limited or not exactly himself to start the season, Braid is someone that in that offense with Russell Wilson could just absolutely dominate. Yeah, or Tampa Bay. Tampa Tampa Bay would be another great fit. So if you can get some cheap Matt Braid in that auction draft that I referenced earlier, I think he went for 3 bucks. And to to put that in perspective, Rashad Penny went for like 51 no, so, so, so I will much rather take dirt cheap Matt Breda. He's the kind of guy that you could go around and maybe throw a, this will sound crazy, but a late third, early fourth round rookie pick and just see if someone will give him to you for yeah. next to nothing. To, to illustrate how much I uh, don't like Penny and like Breda, if you switched those prices, I would still take Breda. Uh, that, that's why it's always good to have people that agree with you on the show. I'm, I'm the, I'm the exact same way. I just, I don't know that he's injury prone because it's not like the consistently like soft tissue. It's just always something. If that guy can I mean, he, string he's together, a smaller guy and he plays through it. I mean, he's going to get banged up, but he doesn't miss time. I mean, he t- tapes it up, get, gets back out there like a man. So it's fun to watch. I, he's, he's, I've liked him since college. I'm a, I'm a fan of all things Breda. Well, there you go. And he's a guy that, again, we talked about, you know, letting a guy like James Conner have a great first six games. And, and if you buy him cheap, like we said, we'll just we'll call the price the 310. If you get him for a late third and he does and lands in a decent spot like a Tampa Bay or like a Seattle, and he has a great first half of the season, you can easily cash out for a, a tidy profit. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, again, being a fan and, and liking him and having him in all, several teams – I would probably just hold. Yeah, I'm always looking to to make some some profit, especially if I think I could get an overpay, which you might be able to. But if I had done that last year with Eckler, I wouldn't have won a couple of leagues, and uh, I Correct. wouldn't have I wouldn't have a nice asset right now. All right, last question. I'll get you out of here on uh, this one. Who is the the free agent that will sign somewhere but will have little to no impact on on their value? 
Yeah, not obviously we're talking fantasy here. I think whatever Amari Cooper and Melvin Gordon do, there's those are two guys that are pretty polarizing, at least in my experience. They're people who love both of them. There's people that hate both of them. The people that love them will pay up for them. So no matter where they go, the the Cooper truthers are going to spin it on why it's good for him. And the Melvin Gordon truthers are going to do the same thing. So I, I don't think there's going to be any change with where the two of them go, barring just some sort of awful catastrophic landing spot. Well, you, you picked two of the good ones. Mine's Kenyon Drake. The only way that I think Kenyon Drake appreciates or uh, adds value is if he stays right there in the desert as to what he did. He finished with more running back points. He, I, think, I think over the last five weeks, he was the RB4 in total PPR points. So that's a great offense for him. Again, that was a, a, a designed pickup for that roster by the GM and by the head coach. I hope that I hope they find it a way to to move off DJ and, and keep him there. But if not, if he goes to a, a random spot, I don't see his value doing much of anything. And the the people that had the opportunity to cash out could not. So anything on Drake? I mean, it's uh, a good one because I'm I'm in the. I was never a fan in Miami. I was shocked he played as well as he did in Arizona. Uh, gun to my head, if I had to make a decision, I would say it was a one-year wonder fluke. So I'm not buying, but I, I totally understand why other people are. But I, I haven't. I've never been a big Drake guy. Well, there you go. That is our free agent forecasting. Just you know, some positions that we have great interest in. I think that this will finally spur some trade action, though. I think a lot of people, like we talked about Robbie Anderson to Green Bay. I think every Dynasty League has at least one Green Bay fan in there. I think it's a law. I think every 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 league you know, is going to fall in love with whoever lands that Kansas City job. And I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, even my most active of trade leagues have been a little dry. And I hope that free agency is the thing to get them jump-started. So, John, anything before I let you get out of here and get on about your evening? Um, anything to look forward to from your writing, whether it be the the hockey stuff for DFS or your football or just what's going on? Yeah, NHL season's wrapping up, but if you're playing uh, NHL DFS, check, check out uh, Bankster DFF on Twitter, and there's a link to the website there and everything. So I usually write the do the write-ups every Monday, which we're recording today. So I'm curious how my lineups did. Um, check out my writing at DLF. I've got a few things coming through the rest of this month and early next month. They're already written and getting ready to be submitted. Check out the Fantasy 40 podcast. We're pretty busy in the offseason doing rookie stuff, free agents, mock drafts, all that goodness. And check me out on Twitter, Dabari, D-I-B-A-R-I-22. I appreciate it a ton, you coming on, and we're going to have to work real hard. Maybe if we look far enough into the calendar, we can get you and Walk and Coach on with Jerry and myself and maybe one other person, and we can have you guys jump on and do the post-NFL draft mock mm-hmm. like we did la- last week. We'd love to have you guys on. Uh, it's just hard. I mean, I don't, I don't think that people realize how hard it is to get the schedules of five working adults to line up to be able to record a podcast but it's something we will strive to do Um, and i appreciate it i appreciate you jumping on with us it's been exciting to talk some free agents with you be all back real soon and on behalf of john 
I am Memphis, and remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Gotta get in your grandstanding and your hot dogging, don't you? Yeah!